You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? That was the voice of Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers earlier this week. Uh, big win for the LSU Tigers over Louisiana Tech, 2-0. Certainly a pitcher's duel. Chris Blair, the voice, joins the voice of the LSU Tigers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Chris, how are you doing this morning, bud? Uh, got a lot of things to pick your brain about, uh, one of them being, of course, you had an opportunity to, to talk to one of our Hall of Famers, uh, Dave Nitz. Uh, what was that like? All right, we got a, a bad connection here, it appears, with the, the voice of the LSU Tigers. We'll work on that here in a second. Yeah, um, curious to see what he thought about the LSU in a tech game earlier this week. We really uh, broke that one down. Um, the fact that you had two great pitchers going at it on the mound. It was one of the quickest games. One hour and 54 minutes, yeah, I believe. Yeah, less than two hours. Uh, it was like you knew the game was starting at 6.30, and you, you flip on the radio around 7.05 or so, and you're literally in the third or fourth <laughs> inning. Yeah, you're already uh, a third of the way there. So it, it was a quick game, but ultimately, as we played at the beginning of this segment, um, Chris Blair's call, Zach Watson coming through in the clutch with that big hit that put LSU on the board, and then Antoine Duplantis following up and, and uh, knocking him in to give LSU the 2 to nothing win. Uh, a lot of different talking points in this game, and they included uh, you know, the pitching performances, not by one, but by b- both staffs. And, of course, the, the fact that uh, LSU holds Louisiana Tech to a measly two hits in the ballgame. And now uh, I think we got a better connection with Chris. Uh, hey, bud, what's going on? Oh, not much. Does he sound better now? Yeah, you sound crystal clear. Thank you. Like Ed Orgeron earlier this week. Do you understand? Yes, crystal clear. Hey, Chris, uh, <laughs> we, we were breaking down Louisiana Tech and LSU, and, and before we get into that matchup, I wanted to talk about your experience, and you had an opportunity to, cha- uh, to chat with one of our Hall of Famers, Dave Nitz. He's truly a legend in this business. What's it like when you get an opportunity to meet a guy or a visit with Dave Nitz? Oh, it was really cool. I mean, first of all, we had a little bit of time there, you know, obviously getting the pregame stuff together and all the notes and the lineups. And then uh, Dave was uh, nice enough uh, to stop by and come by and say hello. And, uh, you know, it was just a thrill for me because I would never met him before, but I'd certainly known about him and known about him before I even came to uh, uh, Baton Rouge in Louisiana. Uh, you know, there's only a handful of guys in the country that have had uh, a, the longevity and success in this business that, that he has. So we had a great time visiting. And, of course, we have the, uh, you know, the tie that both of us spent time at Georgia Southern. Um, so we talked a little bit about Statesboro and uh, some of the memories there. So it was, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Super nice guy. All right. So you hunker down for you think it's going to be a lengthy game or a normal game, and you get, what, an hour and 54 minutes of it. Uh, what did you think of the 2 nothing win by LSU? Whoop, I didn't catch that. What was that last one? Uh, what did you think of the, the 2 nothing win by LSU over Louisiana Tech in a really quick ball game in an hour and 54 minutes? Oh, without question. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I mean, kind of, it was kind of exciting to have a midweek game, you know, top 25 matchup. And, you know, Louisiana Tech has, has played so well. They've got a really good team, good hitting team. And that was kind of the, you know, the concern. I mean, if you look back at LSU over the last, 
couple of weeks, Coach Bonari has kind of nailed it down several times. You know, the pitching at times has been more than good enough to win, just, just didn't have offensive production. And while you only got two runs against a really good pitcher in David Leo, a left-hander that, you know, like left-handers have this year, they've given LSU all kinds of trouble. Um, still, you know, you're happy to come away with that victory. And, and you know, you know, again, hand it to the, the Tiger pitching staff. I thought A.J. Labus was very effective. Uh, didn't have any strikeouts, but he did throw strikes. I mean, you look at his ratio of strikes to pitches thrown, they were – they were what Coach Maneri asked him to do. The defense backed him up, made some great plays uh, in the infield and in the outfield. Uh, and then you're able to get two runs across there in the in the bottom of the sixth inning to kind of break the tie and, and kind of get a little bit of a uh, uh, kind of a, I don't know, you can almost feel like the wind after they had battled so hard and they were retiring batter after batter after batter. You know, the Tigers had three innings of getting the leadoff man aboard, two innings of getting a man in scoring position, and finally, that third time was the charm. They were able to get a runner home. Um, again, Zach Watson delivering the RBI. So um, I thought it was a solid win. I mean, you still have to be concerned in the inability to, to manufacture runs because if you look at the last two conference weekends, uh, really the last three conference weekends, there, there's been times where the offense has you know, just not been able to produce it. Um, and they've got to find a way to do it. I mean, you know, I think Coach Maneri has said many times if, he and his team talk constantly about getting five runs. You feel like if you can score five or more runs, you've got a really good chance to win, and the percentages bear that out. Uh, but when you're scoring one run, two runs, three runs, uh, you really put in a lot of pressure on your pitching staff, not only the starters, but obviously the bullpen, who has really performed so well this year. Uh, the Texas A&M series, and I listened to the interview from Paul Maneri following the game and, of course, leading into Louisiana Tech. There are certainly some concerns. How do they get this thing back on track offensively? And, and then I know a lot of that has to do with injuries in this lineup. But uh, how do they get this thing on track this weekend versus Tennessee? You know, I think they've got to get back, and you've heard Coach say it a, a few times, they've got to get back to some of the things they, they work on in practice. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's everything from, you know, laying off pitches, being patient, making the pitchers work in the count. Um, you know, and there's guys who really are effective when they get aggressive early in account. I mean, you know, there, there are a handful of guys that have had a very good career doing that. Uh, but when your team overall is suffering to manufacture runs, sometimes you got to kind of take a step back and, 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 again, little me, big team mentality, and that is, you know, make a pitcher work, get him up in the pitch count, uh, especially in the SEC, because there's really no weak starter you're going to face. So uh, to get up there and give them – you know, nine pitch outings in an inning uh, is, is just not the way to go. The other things are, you know, some of the off-speed pitches, um, they tend to want to get up there because they're trying to press a little bit. Maybe they're trying to pull on it, and, and that's just not what they work on. So, I mean, there are little things that this team can do, um, you know, to be a little more effective at the plate. Um, but, again, you got to come back to the fact that you, you, you're, you're not having Josh Smith, you're not having Brant Broussard, and, you know, taking away uh, nothing from Josh Smith, I mean, Brant Broussard was a guy who, A, was leading the team with an average. Uh, he was leading the team in stolen bases. He puts pressure on the pitchers and the defense when he gets aboard, um, and, and it takes away a lot of their speed. It takes a lot away, uh, away a lot of their weapons offensively. Now, again, it's just one guy, and, you know, as Coach reminds me all the time, the guys that have been recruited to wear the purple and gold, they were not recruited to come up there and sit in the dugout. So when a guy goes down, 
it's next man up. You got to grab the rope and you got to pull your weight. Chris, I want to ask you about the pitching staff because now that we know Caleb Gilbert will be coming out of the bullpen, a lot of people are assuming you know, Zach Cass is Friday starter and Kelly Hillard goes to the Saturday starter. Who's going to be that Sunday guy? I know nothing's been announced yet, but do you see a situation where Maneri uses a Johnny, Johnny Holstaff, or do you think a particular guy is going to get that, that start? You know, that's, it, it, that's really an important question that uh, literally since we arrived back from College Station just on my own, you know, just trying to look at what your options could be. Um, and it's, there's several usual suspects on this staff, but I think, you know, you look back at, at not just their numbers, but you look back at, at how their numbers have been created this year, and you say to yourself, um, if you're, if you're going to move Caleb Gilbert to the bullpen, okay, so who is the better option? Um, Gilbert, to me, his, his inability this year, for whatever reason, uh, to find the out pitch. I mean, he's not behind in hitters. Uh, you know, like, that's not a, a problem that he has constantly. He's normally ahead in the count. Uh, you know, one and two, zero oh and two, uh, and then just unable to finish the batter out. So who do you look to? If that's what you're judging it on, who do you look to? Uh, A.J. Labus, as I said, pitched exceptionally well, uh, really in his last two outings. In fact, the, the outing against Louisiana Lafayette after giving up the early runs, he settled down and pitched nicely. Um, but he's not a strikeout guy. At least he hasn't been yet because it's a lot that he's not back to where it was before his back surgery. Uh, Nick Bush is a left-hander. Uh, who's been very effective, got great command, and right now is pitching probably as well as anybody in the bullpen. Uh, but you're taking, you know, basically he and John Kodros, who is really a, a curveball junk style pitcher. He's not an overpowering pitcher by any stretch. And now you're taking away one of your left-handed options, middle relief or even late relief out of the bullpen. Um, and then you've got, you know, Todd Peterson, who, who got the start early in the year, just didn't work out. Now he's pitching incredibly. Uh, much better over the last couple of weeks coming out of the bullpen almost as a closer role. He almost felt like that was where he needed to be. Um, so, again, you start going through all these options and, and you try to figure out, you know, which one gives you your best. Now, finally, I will say, to your point, maybe it's a matter of those guys put together on a Sunday. Can you get two to three innings out of each guy uh, to, to, to be effective enough to have a change of pace where possibly uh, Labus is your starter you know, Bush comes in in middle relief by design to give a little change with a left-handed delivery, uh, and then maybe Peterson try to get you through the end. I don't know. I, I suspect that today when Coach meets with the media, uh, we probably will get an idea. The only way that wouldn't happen, in my opinion, is if because Labus threw 62, 63 pitches on Tuesday that he may just want to keep that uh, under his vest. But he's pretty open, so... I expect we'll all know what the answer is coming up uh, this afternoon. This weekend, uh, get a shot at Tennessee. Perhaps a volunteer squad has been flying a little bit under the radar. 21-14 and 14 overall, 5-7 and seven in conference play. What are you expecting from Tennessee, Chris? Yeah, I mean, they're much improved. I mean, if you look at them for the last three or four years, they've kind of been a non-factor and have made very little noise. Uh, but their new head coach uh, certainly has, has put a little life into them and 21 wins. I mean, let's look around the SEC. Overall, that's not a bad record in five and seven. When you look at the middle of the pack, uh, near the top of the pack, I mean, that's, that's not terribly bad either. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a tough challenge. And when you look at these two weeks, guys, to me, uh, again, without Josh Smith, possibly, 
maybe this weekend, maybe not, maybe another week. Um, Grant Broussard maybe another one to three weeks away. Somehow if the Tigers can, you know, win the series here at home, it'd be great to sweep. It's never easy to do, regardless of who you play in the SEC. But if you can do that, it kind of keeps your head above water, maybe gets you above 500 in the league. And then you go to South Carolina, another team that I think is a series that's winnable, albeit on the road. Uh, and then you look to two weeks from now, maybe you start to get some of those guys back. So I think the, the team mantra at the moment is let's go find a way to win. Let's find a way to put the right people in the right seats on the bus, keep our head above water, and then almost as if we have free agency, we're going to get a couple of guys back that are going to make a huge impact uh, immediately in this lineup, uh, not only defensively but certainly offensively. And then what do you know? You maybe get on one of those hot streaks that you know Coach Maneri is known for here at LSU uh, down the stretch in 2018. I think these two weeks are very, very important, and the Tigers cannot afford to, to lose any momentum whatsoever. Chris Blair, as always, we uh, appreciate the visit. We'll be listening this weekend versus Tennessee. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. I'll try to work on this phone, get a little better connection next week. <laughs> it's quite all right. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, joins us every Thursday around 8 o'clock or so. So we got a text here from Aaron. It says, did y'all see this picture with LeBron and Charles Oakley, his real father? So Charles Oakley put on Twitter last night, just said, Ohio boys in NYC, great to break bread with the king last night. Would have loved to go into battle with this guy. And he posts a picture with LeBron. And if you haven't seen it, please go to Charles Oakley's Twitter and look it up. They look so much alike. Like, he could really pass for LeBron's father. So, of course, yeah, I'm looking twi- at the picture. Yeah, you're right. Twitter's Just having a, fun with it. A little it. bit more gray hair, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it looks like an older LeBron. Yeah. Go, go check it out if you haven't seen it. Go to Charles Oakley's Twitter page. Hey, driving people to Charles Oakley, you don't even drive them to our Twitter page, Jake. I just well played. And, and, and when you're done, go check out at Morning <laughs> Drive 977. Coming up next, Louisiana Tech gets ready to play hosted spring game this weekend. You'll hear from assistant head coach Joe Sloan coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks. SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. 
Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We are certainly looking forward to the Bulldogs spring game on Saturday to get you ready. Now join us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Joe Sloan, inside receivers coach, assistant head coach at Louisiana Tech. Coach Sloan, how you doing this morning, bud? Doing great. And how y'all doing? Good. I, I know it's been a little bit of a grind, but you guys are looking forward to putting uh, uh, the final touches on this spring with the game on Saturday. What has practice been like so far for you guys? I think it's gone really well. I mean, we've dealt with some injuries, uh, either one's lingering from the season or a few here during spring, but uh, nothing too crazy. But I tell you what, we got got a lot of depth really across all positions, and it's been fun to watch just some of the competitions go on on the individual uh, position battles and um, just see guys continue to get better. But uh, but it is when you step back and watch. Um, got a lot of talent in a lot of different positions. I've uh, been really impressed throughout the, for, for the overall team. Well, we've had this conversation a number of years, building off of a bowl victory. What does that do for a program after a bowl game, going and recruiting, then into spring for you guys? Well, at this point, it's just normal. So I, I don't really know. I can't. I can't compare it to the uh, the other. Uh, it's been so long now, but uh, it's it's always great to win your last game. I think it just gives you a lot of momentum going into this, uh, into the off season. Obviously, last year um, we and, and uh, as a staff and the players, I know we all are on the same page that we uh, could have had some more wins in the in the uh, win column. Um, but at the same point in time, to finish off the season the way we did, I think uh, maybe at least made it a little bit better when you look back at a couple of the games that, that we could have finished out. Um, but it's it's definitely nice to look back and, and win your last one and, and have that be your last memory on the football field and, and motivate you moving forward uh, for what the next season is uh, going to bring to us. Coach Sloan, how have you seen perhaps uh, the brand of Louisiana Tech for football change with your guys' success over the last couple of years? You know what, and I don't. I don't think it just has to do with our success. I think it's the success of everybody um, in this program, uh, in this community, and and um, you know, this part of Louisiana Tech uh, University overall. Uh, you know, you look at just the facility improvements that we've had. Um, you look at what's going on on campus and the growth there, uh, and you look at the growth in Ruston. Um, I think it's all been together. And and when you go around and. I, um, Talked about. I think what winning has done, uh, consistently winning, um, has just given us a, a name a little bit with with some of the recruits and prospects around different areas. But then when they come uh, and visit us on campus um, and in Ruston, uh, I think they're really pleasantly surprised and and really fall in love with just the culture and the, the family atmosphere that we have. Um, and I think I have to tell people all the time, everything's in line. Uh, just when it comes to our football program, the university as a whole and the community. Uh, it, it's a good place to recruit to, and, um, and I think winning's helped that. Uh, and then when they get here, just uh, all the people in this community that, that make it up um, have been a special place for us. Major talking point will always be the quarterback and uh, Jamar Smith and the progression that he has made. What have you seen from him this spring? I think Jamar just really, at this point, has – has such a good understanding of the offense. Um, he knows where where everything is and, and what we're trying to attack, um, what we're trying to attack a defense with. 
you can you can see he he knows what's going to happen before it's, before it's happening. So I, he's he's continuing to take more and more command of the offense, and that's exciting to see. Um, and and sometimes spring's tough that way, uh, just because you have so many different pieces around you. You have guys, different guys who have surgeries and who are out, um, and those kind of things. And I think it's been good for him to be able to work with a, a lot of different receivers, uh, some different guys up front, um, and continually take command of the offense and help us continue to progress forward. Uh, you mentioned the receiving core, something you you got your hands on and involved in. Uh, don't have Teddy Veal this spring, so I guess that has uh, allowed some others to step up and uh, give us a couple of guys that have certainly emerged this spring. Well, I think uh, you know, as, as we talked about last year, um, the two the two that definitely stick out to me are, are uh, Adrian Hardy and and Rashid Bonnet were guys last year who had uh, good years. Um, but uh, as they continue to grow and, and develop, are, are poised to have uh, some special years here. Uh, that's definitely what we're expecting for them. I know that's what they expect of themselves. Um, and I think with Teddy out, uh, that just maybe put them in a situation to step up and, and kind of be the, uh, the leaders on the perimeter. Um, and both of them have, have had uh, really good springs and have just continued to develop as, as receivers, um, all-around receivers. You know, and, and yeah. be able to to run all the different routes that we ask them to run, and, and make plays on the perimeter. Um, you know, and then you you got other guys who have uh, you know Javante Woodard, C.J. Powell, different guys like that who've had who've had really good springs as well. And then, really, when you look at our our depth, I mean, you go along and you got you know Jake Norris and Griffin A. Bear and John Ritterbelt and some different guys who are continuing to progress as well. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of different guys out on the perimeter who can do some good things. You look at Hardy, of course, uh, highly touted coming out of high school, and then a, kind of an injury-plagued freshman campaign. How difficult was that yeah. on him, the, his, his learning curve, when he was dealing with those injuries last year as a freshman? You know, I think the tough thing was we were sitting here. It was a South Alabama game, um, and he catches a ball in the end zone. I'm sitting here looking out the windows right here in front of me where I'm, where I'm sitting here looking. And he catches a ball in the end zone for a touchdown. Great play really kind of came into his own the first half of that game playing hard. I mean, and that's some of the, sometimes some of the things you don't see um, if you're just watching, watching the ball, because even away from the ball, he's playing hard, playing aggressive, playing competitive. And uh, in the second half, unfortunately, he had that little hamstring and then really never, uh, it kind of hampered him for the rest of the year. Um, really wasn't able to get full speed uh, the rest of the year. So that, that, you know, that was frustrating, but I think also it was a learning experience for him, just how to overcome adversity, how to stay focused. Um, and he's really, he's really grown a ton this January, February, um, March, April, you know, this off season, uh, as you watch and you can see it every single day. He's competing every single day, uh, just to continue to get better and, and continue to raise the standard for himself. And I think all, all that's been a learning experience. And without all that, would he be where he is right now? Who knows? You know, so um, I'm sure he looks at it and, and just has had taken the opportunity to learn from it all and can progress forward so that he can have a special year next year. Louisiana Tech assistant head coach Joe Sloan joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. Coach, you've had a unique relationship with Coach Holtz, first as a player, now as a coach underneath him. What's that like as your relationship has evolved from those early years to now? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Coach Holtz is obviously a special person. He um, and, and I guess when I, when I'm talking to uh, our players or to recruits, um, I can talk from personal experience just what he what he did for me and how he always looked out for me. Um, 
and 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 that's the type of person he is. That's the type of program he runs. And obviously, uh, our relationship has grown over the years. You know, as you go from in different roles um, and just being around. But it, but you know, when you're around somebody for I think it's going on 14 years now. You know, you just get the opportunity to really know their family in depth, know them in depth, uh, know them personally, and and go through different experiences. And as you go through those experiences, your relationship strengthens. Um, so it has. It's been a special relationship, and and I think too. It gives me an opportunity to help, uh, like I said, whether it be in selling our program um, and selling him as a head coach or, or help guys on our team just to, to understand what type of uh, person he is um, and, and so that they can understand him better and, and uh, have a more, more full experience while they're here. So it's been good. It really has, and, and it's been a unique way for me uh, or a unique position for me in coaching the team and, and also uh, recruiting players. So it's been good. Joe? Joe, we haven't had a chance to visit since the NFL season wrapped up. And, of course, Trent Taylor had a fabulous uh, rookie campaign, 43 receptions, two touchdowns. Obvious, uh, you're not surprised by his success in his first year with the Niners. Uh, no. I, you know, I don't know that you ever say that somebody's going to go in and, and play the way Trent did his rookie year uh, to that to that level, but um, I'm never surprised by anything Trent does. He, he's, he's such a worker. He's such a competitor. Uh, and he feels comfortable on a football field. You know, it's it's um, some guys do great in the weight room. Some guys do great in off-season training. Some guys do all that. But in 11-on-11, 11 11, Trent is just – he shows up on, on uh, everyday practice, and then that carries over to games. And um, I, I think he what he did over his – probably his junior and senior year, the way he committed himself, um, and I think that prepared him for this. Uh, you know, he was, he was ready for that moment, and, and he, see, he was able to seize that moment. So – I was really proud of him and, and so happy for him and everything that he's doing. Um, and hopefully uh, that continues for a long time in that league. As a receivers coach, do you remember the first time you met Taylor or saw him on the practice field and said, ah, maybe he can be a difference maker for us? Ooh, you know what? I think we were here uh, in August, his first camp here. Um, and, you know, you, you, for, you sit there and watch his film and, and – we were going well, you know. I don't know about him physically, but he, he continues to to make plays on his film. So hopefully that carries over because sometimes sometimes that transition doesn't always happen. And then you watch him in person, and I think the thing for him is everybody always wants to talk about his, his toughness and competitiveness and all those things. But he has some extreme physical talents. He has some really high physical talents when it comes to uh, dropping his hips, getting in and out of breaks, some things that make him special. Um, ability to control his body, his balance, and I, I think it was about a week into camp, and and we're watching him just run some routes, and he just naturally, when he's around other guys, he sticks out because he just naturally gets in and out of breaks so well, uh, just his quick twitch and, and ability to change direction, and you know we thought then oh he's going to be a good player. I don't know that any of us expected he'd break the uh, all-time receiving record here though. Joe Sloan, we appreciate the time. Uh, we'll see you out there uh, Saturday for the spring game. Look forward to it. Thanks again. You bet. Assistant uh, head coach out of Louisiana Tech, Joe Sloan, joining us as you're breaking down some of the things you can anticipate on Saturday. I think that thing kicks off at noon come Saturday. Also, a big day for uh, the, the Brooks and Bradshaw golf tournament out at Squire Creek on Friday. Hopefully you're not participating in that one. Uh, I, I'd like to, but no. No invite, but I will be there. To We will have some sound from uh, – Terry Bradshaw coming up on Monday. Yeah, just making sure you don't embarrass yourself. <laughs>
888-993-7762. You always keep your shard. Joins us after the break. Signing day in the books. How well do the Warhawks do? We'll ask them that question after the break. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. When you want a mower that outmaneuvers, outperforms, and outdoes the competition, Cub Cadet Zero Turns have got you covered. Now Cub Cadet is offering exceptional financing, so it's easier than ever to bring your lawn to life. Stop by Yard Power, 7573 Highway 165 North in Monroe, your locally owned Cub Cadet dealer. For expert advice, superior service, and to take advantage of this exceptional offer. Offer subject to credit approval. Some restrictions apply. See store associate for details. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Yesterday was a big day with uh, area high school kids signing on the dotted line, and of course, college coaches bringing in the recruiting classes. Keith Richard was one of them. ULM's head basketball coach joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How you doing this morning, Coach? I'm doing great. Uh, you got five signed uh, yesterday. Uh, before we get into who you're bringing in, how has recruiting changed a little bit through the years? Because this certainly is not your first rodeo. Well, it's uh, uh, it's changed tremendously here lately, Aaron, with the transfer stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and what I mean by that is <clears throat> the last three years in a row, there's been over 700 Division One transfers in. Those guys, and this year it's it's closing in on 400 right now. It's going to top 700 before the, the summer's over uh, again. It's going to be four years in a row. And what happens is is those guys are leaving uh, and going uh, to different scenarios. Some are transferring Division One to Division One and sitting out in however many years they got left. Some are transferring to a junior college to play and then get re-recruited. Some are doing the the now popular grad uh, transfer. They graduated and still have a year, sometimes two of eligibility left and can go somewhere and play, you know, be eligible immediately. And so 
that has really, uh, in the last, you know, three, four, five years, uh, has really uh, been been a, a change in college basketball recruiting. And, you know, I think I mentioned this to you before the last time we talked. You know, it, it it's something that uh, you, you I think that uh, you, you need to get in that game because uh, uh, that's the way the game's going. And, uh, and we have a little bit of that, of what I just explained <laughs> within our signing class and, and and uh, you know some other guys that we're going to have, uh, we have a little bit of, bit of that going on. So uh, that part's been the biggest change. I guess it's all about vetting the situation and getting, you know, like for any recruit, as much knowledge as possible. Why it didn't work at the other place, and then of course uh, the the potential that that player has to take it to another level. It it you know back in the old days, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, you know a, a transfer you know, was, was a black mark, you know, and, and uh, kind of, and you had to really, oh, what happened? What's wrong with this kid? You know, it's not like that at all anymore. I mean, uh, I had a kid my second year here when we were going through the APR stuff. Uh, walk in, uh, he was from Florida. I had taken him as a walk-on. I had made him into, I developed him, developed him into a decent player. He had no Division One scholarship offer. He's a great kid. Walked into my office the last day of finals in May and said, I'd like a release transfer. And I said, what? He transferred to North Florida, closer to home, and had a good three-year uh, career there. Uh, this was a really good kid. Uh, good, you know, good family, good, uh, the whole deal. And, and so I give you that example, and then there's examples all over the map for a reason why. You know, playing time, uh, just you know, change of scenery, uh, uh, whatever. It, it, it's not the old black mark, so to speak, anymore that was going on, you know, 20 and 30 years ago. When uh, uh, It's for a variety of reasons, and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's not for bad reasons. It's just, you know, things change and uh, as they do in any business. In our business, this is a change that's happening, and, uh, you know, it's something that uh, – that uh, we're trying to, you know, get involved with as well. All right, let's talk a little bit about this class. You signed one in November, five yesterday, including a graduate transfer from Oral Roberts, a six-foot-four guard in John Trey Harris. Overall, Coach, just uh, what were you looking for in this class, and did you meet those needs? What I wanted to do, and I think we've really helped ourselves in some areas, uh, we signed five yesterday. We signed one early and we had one sitting out this year. Seven new guys in our program uh, next year. And in general, number one, we wanted to improve our length and athleticism across the board, and we wanted to get a little taller just across the board, length and athleticism. Uh, I think we've accomplished that uh, with this group. I think that uh, we wanted to improve the depth of our team so that uh, you know, maybe this is a year we can play more guys and, and get maybe a 10-man rotation going. I think uh, – I really think we've accomplished that. I believe we're going to better play more players next year to help – that can help us win. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, we lost three players that uh, played a lot of minutes for us. We lost a third-team all-conference player in Sam McDaniel. We lost uh, Jordan Harris and Marvin Jean-Pierre who both were instrumental in, uh, 
you know, our team success this year. And we wanted to make sure out of these seven guys that, you know, we replaced uh, them as well. I think we've done that. Uh, in general, you know, again, just kind of running through some of the guys, uh, you know, we had Deshaun Smith, a transfer from Wichita State, sitting out this year. Uh, Aaron, he's a really good player, okay? I think he's going to be good, uh, real good. He's got one year with us. We recruited him out of junior college, lost him to Wichita State, got him back on a transfer. Very, very good player. Uh, guard, combo guard, can really strike off the dribble uh, and uh, and also, you know, make three points. He's a scorer. He's a really good player. The kid we signed early, J.D. Williams from uh, – he started out at UAB, Division One transfer. One of these guys, these two guys I'm talking about, the first two guys I'm talking about, started out at Division One. Uh, UAB transfer, played in almost every game at UAB as a freshman, transfers to Tallahassee Junior College, had a big year this year in the Panhandle Conference, which is one of the best junior college conferences in the country. He leads the conference in scoring during conference play. Uh, big get for us, a wing. You know, a two or a three, a scoring, a scoring guard. Real, real happy about uh, those two. And then in this class here uh, of yesterday, two guys, six eight, uh, Yuri White out of out of Colin, Kyle Lincoln Junior College in Mississippi, originally from Baton Rouge. Andre Washington out of uh, Hill College in Texas. Both those guys, Yuri averaged thirteen and nine at at Colin. Uh, Andre averaged, uh, you know, 12 and 10, a double-double at Hill College. These guys are long athletes and, uh, you know, that can uh, make plays and uh, around the rim and, and, and rebound. And, and Yuri can even step out, you know, as a stretch four or five some. We like that, the versatility of, of that. Uh, got, a, got a really talented player. He's just scratching the surface. Tyree White out of Moberly Junior College, 6'7", wing player, to play the, can play the three or the four, you know, an electric athlete, just a freakish athlete that's just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. Uh, high school kid out of out of Illinois, Jalen Hodge, combo guard, uh, really like can really dribble, pass, and shoot, and she's a strong guard. Uh, you know, kind of a, a a sleeper in our mind, kind of like Michael Ertle. Uh, yeah. And uh, we got him, really like him. And then, as you mentioned, uh, you know, John Trey Harris, who's a kid out of Oral Roberts. And uh, <clears throat> he'll have one year with us. He's a grad transfer. Uh, and we recruited him out of, out of junior college. He visited us and uh, ended up at Oral Roberts. And now is coming back to us as a grad transfer. He's a shot maker. And uh, he's good, good skill, 6'4", uh, you know, two guard. He's a shot maker. And, and uh, so... Of all those seven guys, you know, another thing I like about our, our group is that four of the seven have been in a Division One program before. They've been in Division One practices. They're, you know, they've got experience in that respect. Andre Washington started out at uh, Illinois State. And uh, so it's not, it shouldn't be as a big of an adjustment for, in particular, those guys. We like that. And then you factor in that we got Travis Money coming back for his senior year, all-conference selection this past year obviously Michael Ertle who uh, was freshman of the year in the league you know Sam Alabacus who, who got better in the second half of the season uh, this year and then a few more guys uh, returning with us you know you put all that together Aaron I think we're going to have a nice team I really do and you know I'm usually guarded in what I say about 
the expectations of the next year's team. And but I just got a good feeling about this thing that uh, you know putting all this together, I think we got a, the potential for this team that next year is really good. So, Coach, uh, in terms of meshing them together, a majority of them, when will they be on campus and they can kind of start kind of working on their games here? We'll start this summer uh, in the second summer session. Uh, we'll bring them all together. That'll be around the 1st of July, and that's, that's when we'll start. And, uh, you know, uh, all the, uh, you know, things associated with, uh, you know, bringing a bunch of new guys in with uh, some returners and the, the, the meshing of, of uh, personalities and, and playing together on the floor, all those things will get started the first week of July. And that's a big benefit of, of being able to do that in the summer is a lot of times you can, you can get that part of your team started. And, uh, uh, so we're excited and, and waiting, uh, you know, for that to happen. Uh, Bob on the text line says, uh, Keith Richard is fired up. You can hear the excitement in your voice, <laughs> coach. You're ready to go. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, you know, I really want this for Travis Munnings. Yeah. Travis has been a good player here in his three years, and he's gotten better every year. He's going to be a senior. He made all conference this year. I really want him to have a good team. I wanted to put a good team around him. And obviously the fact that Michael Earl had a big year. And then Deshaun Smith sitting out here practicing with us every day from Wichita State. I've watched this kid in practice, and I think I even told you that, you know, many days in practice, Deshaun was the best player on the floor. So, you know, you, you put that together, you know, we really uh, went hard at recruiting to try to put a team around, uh, in particular those three guys I just mentioned, so we can have depth, length, you know, athleticism, have some more scoring, uh, uh, see if we can't uh, make a run at this thing, and uh I feel real good about what we've done. One final question, Coach. We haven't visited since the national championship game. What do you make of Villanova now winning two titles in the last three years and Jay Wright and where he belongs in the list of great coaches in this country? Tremendous uh, team. I just I marveled uh, at the offense uh, that their team uh, was able to put together this year. Uh, you know, the shooting percentages, the uh, three-point field goal percentages, the uh, seven guys averaging double figures. Uh, you know, they were, I mean, historic marks is, is what they said. So it was, it was you know, from that respect, it was really uh, fun to watch them uh, in this two- or three-year run that they've had. Uh, you know, it, it's been a special, a special group, obviously and uh historic group uh and so uh that's neat to watch you know you you, you <laughs> we all want our teams to be great offensive teams so it's nice to see sometimes uh really watch a team that really truly was a great great offensive team over the last particular three years and then you know coach Wright, uh uh you know it's a, it's such a uh, he's done a great job. Obviously, he's at his school, you know, and and uh, uh, really has uh, built that program back to you know national prominence. And and uh, you know, it, it uh, what's interesting about him? I mean, they showed a graphic during the Final Four. You know, his first three years of coaching, he was somewhere else. Uh, 
and uh, maybe it was Hofstra somewhere. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember where. And he had three losing seasons in a row. And and then now we're talking about him in the Hall of Fame and, and, and this and that. And uh, and so it, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, in, in, in his case, uh, there's a lot of good coaches everywhere, you know, and, and uh, all across the board. A lot, a lot of good coaches. And he's certainly getting the due that uh, he deserves right now. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations on this recruiting class. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach, as you can tell, he was fired up. He had reason to be fired yeah. up. This is a really good squad that he's putting together for next year. 888-993-7762. We wrap things up with our parting shots after the break. Zero turns with unlimited possibilities now for $200 off. For a mower that outmaneuvers, outperforms, and outdoes the competition, Cub Cadet Zero Turns have you covered. Now Cub Cadet is offering up to $200 off select residential zero turns for a limited time. So it's easier than ever to bring your lawn to life. Stop by Yard Power, 7573 Highway 165 North, your locally owned Cub Cadet dealer for expert advice, superior service, and to take advantage of this exceptional offer. Not eligible on other models, specifications, or programs up without notice whatever car you're looking for whatever the price for how many doors cars trucks and suvs the king of the road car king we treat you like royalty we earn your trust and loyalty you'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing the king of the road Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Plenty of sunshine with warm temperatures today in a high of 82 degrees. Partly cloudy skies, not quite as cool tonight, a low 64. Showers and thunderstorms in the forecast for tomorrow in a high of 82 degrees. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out in the very clean Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. The maid has just walked in, uh, Puff Daddy. <laughs> What's bad is we didn't notice. <laughs> But we appreciate you, Bob. Jamie comes in. Hey, man, what did you think about uh, cleaning up around here? Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked <laughs> yeah. about that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, it cost us nothing. So, well done. Uh, probably drop by. Well, I'd say come by the house, but it's usually. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Jamie in the house anyway. <laughs> Must have went wrong, down the wrong path there. All right, what are we doing for parting shots, Jake? All right, I've got several little tidbits. First, we never really did break down. Well, we're not going to break down, but at least announce the seeding in the West and the East for the NBA playoffs. So, real quick, want to break, want to tell you those matchups: Raptors versus Wizards. Raptors getting that number one seed. Celtics with the number two seed will play the Bucks. The Sixers got the number three seed. They will play the Heat. Cavs got the four seed. They'll play the Pacers. And in the West, Rockets got the number one seed and they play the Timberwolves. Warriors number two will face the Spurs. Blazers at number three will face the Pelicans. And at number four, the Thunder will face the number five, Utah Jazz. So that's one thing. The other small thing was, remember how we talked about the whole Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons rookie debate and how they were kind of trolling one another? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday Donovan Mitchell trolled Ben Simmons yet again. 
had a different uh, hoodie on, and this time it just said rookie question mark. He, he wore that into uh, the arena and uh, just further, further poking holes at Ben Simmons on whether or not he should be considered a rookie and win the Rookie of the Year award. Uh, my third thing was there is a Missouri spring game this weekend. Why is this important? Why do you bring this up? Well, this is Derek Dooley's debut as the offensive oh, coordinator. Yeah. And uh, I bring this up because three clouds in the, three yards in a cloud of dust. Well, so Drew Drew Lock returns, right? He returns from his SEC record forty four touchdowns mm. last year. What's interesting about this is Dooley recently said that Missouri is still quote unquote searching for its offensive identity. Mm. Now. That is baffling to me when you return the nation's leader in yeah. touchdown passes. You mm -hmm. think you would, you know, construct your entire offense around this guy, this guy that you pleaded with to, to return, and he did. Double D may be in a no-win situation here. I, that's what I was about to say is if if Locke, if he changes too much and Locke looks confused, and I don't expect him to play too much in the spring game, but if Locke looks confused and his offense does not dazzle yeah. or, you know, impress – Man, talk about a bad debut. So that's why I bring up the fact that they have a spring game this weekend. I think a lot of people will be interested in seeing how Derek Dooley's uh, new offense looks like. Although, you're not going to get the whole thing, but still, just a first glimpse of it. And Missouri forked over a bunch of cash for him. Something like one point. It was, it was, ridiculously, it was ridiculously high ridiculous. for an offensive coordinator at Missouri. Yeah. And then, of course, the, then the after effects. What does this mean for the Cowboys? With Derek Dooley not in charge of the wide receivers <laughs> over there. Yeah, something like that. It should be such a hater on Derek Dooley, should it? Uh, well, I won't touch that. So my last thing, Aaron, was, and I know you'll be you'll be getting this. ESPN announced today that they're coming out with their streaming service. You pay five dollars a month. Now, what do you get with this streaming service? At first, I was excited. I was like, oh, this could be awesome because we heard rumblings, and maybe it will evolve to this. Like rumblings that you can purchase like a whole season. Like if you wanted to purchase a whole um, baseball season, I don't know, with the Cubs or something, whatever they have the rights to. Well, that's not how this is going to work. For $5 a month, you'll get Kobe Bryant's new show. This might hook you. All of the 30 for 30s. They're talking about putting all of the archives of the 30 for 30s up. So that might be worth your $5 a month. Uh, but they'll have one MLB game a day. I think next year they'll have one NHL game a day uh, during those seasons. And they'll have sports that aren't already on Watch ESPN or ESPN channels, meaning they'll have CFL, minor league soccer, and college sports that none of us talk about. So, as long as they got the cornhole championships, I think they'll probably have the cornhole all championships right, on there. Right. You might, I mean, for cornhole might get you to pay five dollars a month. I don't know, but uh, anyway, ESPN asking for five dollars a month. I expect this to evolve into something much, much bigger down the road. Maybe they eventually migrate everything toward there. I don't know, but anyway, pretty big news today. They're asking for five dollars for. Uh, Jake's all in. He's forking over. Well, the five I just bucks. under. No, I'm not. They're not offering enough. The fact that you can still get on Watch ESPN, like if they would have made you pay for all the stuff you get with Watch ESPN, I would have been a little bit upset. But the fact that you can still get Watch ESPN with your, uh, you know, cable subscription, why do it? 
Uh, my parting shot, a lot of uh, tremendous uh, broadcasters and people in the business lost their jobs when ESPN had that massive round of layoffs last year. And there were some big names in it, and there was a lot of respected journalists that are now looking for jobs. Of course, they're still under contract under ESPN, so they're basically sitting at home and just waiting for the deal to expire. So some would say you shouldn't feel that sorry for them. But literally, when you're passionate about your job and you get laid off, it sucks. One of those guys that I thought was outstanding and never got the recognition or the credit that he deserves is Jay Crawford. What he did on ESPN, uh, he could wear so many different hats and so many different roles, and he never missed a beat. He did a lot of different things on the mornings on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, he was great. And I, I couldn't figure out why he was one of the guys that got cut. And I'm sure he wasn't making a ridiculous amount of money like Greenberg is now making or, or others, but... Crawford is now at, he's basically teaching at a school in uh, Cleveland at Bowling Green, uh, and, and and then now he's uh, going to get an opportunity to call uh, Cleveland Browns preseason games. But this does go back to the fact, and we've had this conversation many times, Jake, uh, when you do have a platform like Jay Crawford did, and he's well-known and established, once you're off that platform, which is ESPN. This is what you talk about a lot. You yes. just, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's got a podcast, too, that nobody's hearing. Uh, I mean, you said Bowling Green with such disdain, by the way. Nah, I couldn't help nah, but laugh. Nah. Some school, Bowling nah. Green. And those students, I mean, that's awesome for them. Yeah. Now, I like Jay Crawford. Uh, he was part of that yeah. first cold pizza show, which eventually. How's Ryan Rossello doing with uh, his podcast? Uh, are we still? I'm just saying. And that was his decision, too, yeah, well, according, according to him and, of course, ESPN. Well, I'm sure he's doing fine there. Right. 888-993-7762. The maid over here, uh, Puff Daddy and Terry Waldrop, would love to hear from you in the next uh, show coming up at 9 o'clock. The Edge, what do we got going on tomorrow? Tomorrow, I want to give a full preview of the NBA playoffs. So do your homework, Aaron. This time, do your homework. We'll, we'll I was a little down. busy yesterday, Jake. I don't know if you realize. Are you busy that. today? Uh, not mean, as busy, but still pretty darn busy. We've got several uh, signing days. Actually, we got a text here from Bob. Says Jake went through the seating too quick. Ask him to slow down. <laughs> I think he was being sarcastic. Um, yeah. So we'll break it down fully tomorrow. Hopefully, you find some time to you know look up a few tidbits and to contribute okay. to the NBA playoff preview. Uh, everybody have a fantastic day. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.